This is part two of the Leo Learning podcast on driving the automotive industry forward. Account Director Sophie Miller and Jaguar Land Rover's electrification go-to-market project manager, Paul Hemingway, continue their discussion on disruption and electrification trends in the automotive industry. So in, in terms of that was the first kind of electrification course that we did to raise awareness. And now you're looking at launching the Range Rover PHEV and you've got the all electric Jaguar, the I-PACE coming out next year. So all very, very exciting. Where do you see the sort of training supporting with that electrification journey in terms of we've set, we've set the awareness? Um, where do you see it kind of developing? Well, this is an unusual piece of training because historically in the motor industry, training has been very rigid and very regimented and very fact-based you train people about the product you train people what happens when you push this button how you program this what this piece of equipment does uh, and then on the technical side it's how to fix it when it breaks how to diagnose problems this is one of the first times we've actually gone out with this kind of training for strategy and we have touched on it before. We've done brand-based courses that says, oh, this is what our brand is all about. But this really steps over into, into strategy and understanding what, what is driving our business to do these things and how important it is to the business. Uh, and I think that's been new ground, uh, which is uh, very well trodden, I think. Yeah, and I agree. It's, it's new ground for us as well in terms of being able to be such strategic partners working with uh, Jaguar Land Rover on the electrification strategy because not only have we been working kind of actually developing developing and delivering uh, the training, but we've been in, involved in all the strategic conversations so we're as aware as possible to make sure that we can adapt and change when things when things happen. So yeah, it's been a pleasure from our side as well. So again, in terms of we've been talking about the electrification awareness pieces and the kind of strategy uh, moving forward, with electric vehicles comes a, a change in customer attitudes. So from your perspective, what are you seeing and how is kind of training and the training sort of supporting with that? Uh, well, it's very important from our perspective that we qualify the customers correctly into the cars because unlike Tesla we we sell other cars as well and we're going to continue to be selling other cars um, non-electric cars for a very very long time Um, so it's vital we get the right customers in these cars so they're happy with them Uh, for example on PHEV a PHEV works really really well if you do a lot of short trips um, and you can charge it up in between them so you get a lot of use on the electric motor if you've got a PHEV and you, you tow a trailer up and down a motorway for 120 miles every day, all you're doing is hauling around a big battery that you're not using. So that sort of person, frankly, is better off sticking with a diesel product that they know and love. Um, so you've got to get the right people into the cars so that they're happy with them. It's no use them buying a car and thinking, well, I spent £10,000 more for this car than I, I could have done for a, a, a normal one and I'm getting terrible fuel consumption. We're even concerned that in some markets where they sell off the lot that the customer might not actually be told it's a PHEV at all and come back six months later saying why am I getting 15 miles to the gallon and what, what's this funny flap in the grill? So we can't have that. We've got to focus on qualification getting the right people in them, people who are going to get the best out of the products. Uh, And it's vital that our sales staff understand that and 
implement it in terms of their dealings with the customers? So in terms of the retailers, we're working on the training to kind of support their knowledge, but we're also working on a separate work stream to training, which is more around uh, the retail environment. So we're working on the digital silent salesman. Could you talk us more about that in terms of what the objective was and, and why yeah. that's kind of being put in place for EV vehicles specifically? Uh, yeah, yes, very much. We, Historically, vehicles in the showroom have had a genuinely silent salesman, which has been a little stand with basically a piece of paper on it, which explains the specification and the price of that particular vehicle. So what we've done with EVs is we, we, we see the need to expand that. Now, a lot of manufacturers have filled their showroom with colossal pieces of furniture, which cost a lot of money and really rapidly fall into disuse and disrepair. Um, I'm, I'm sure people have seen that if they've been in some of our competitors' showrooms. So what we've done very much is we've gone for this stand with a bit, fairly large screen which doubles up as a charging point. So the vehicle's charging cable is mounted within it so it keeps the battery topped up in the showroom so that people don't run it down playing with electric windows and so on. Um, and then the screen will dispense information about the car in an interactive and engaging way uh, aimed at people who are maybe in service, uh, waiting for their car. Uh, they go around and push, they can see it's an EV because it's plugged into this stand. They can press the buttons on the screen and, uh, and learn about it. And that'll help them make an informed decision when they come and change their car in the future. And in terms of the, the digital silent salesman from a content point of view, for the retailers, they can actually edit on the outside, so they can actually put specific vehicle information into the digital tool, whether that's from uh, the price or the incentives uh, specific to that market. But when it's actually developed um, and you press it into customer mode, it actually then d displays the global content that is available around that vehicle. Can you talk to us a little bit about um, the differences between the global content that's pushed out and I guess the complexities of the market specification? Well, it's very important that markets own the information for their specific market. It's, uh, uh, if you take a case of something like incentives to, buy, to drive an electric vehicle, with our global website, all we do is we list the incentives that are available, the categories of incentives that are available. So some markets will give people money for buying electric vehicles. Others have some sort of number plate auction system to allow you to use a car at all, which you circumvent by buying an EV. Uh, some markets will allow you to use high occupancy vehicle lanes without a dummy sitting next to you, sorry, a real person. Um, Others will let you use bus lanes, park in different places. So there's a whole range of incentives. So this has to be structured from a global level, where, which simply lists the categories, to a market level, which identifies the categories that are applicable to that market, deletes the others, maybe puts a few large-scale examples in, like exemption from London congestion charge. But then it devolves to the retailer to be able to tell people where they can park for free, which bus lanes they can use, uh, and what the incentives are in any particular location. So it's vital that all of that cascade of information works. And I know markets are very keen to have some of their own video content in the silent salesman, uh, which um, we're trying to facilitate for them, so that that can be a truly market-relevant experience. Another area that we're looking at is when we, when we signed up all these companies who are going to be selling war boxes to customers, 
the wall boxes look very different in different markets. Uh, we did toy with the idea of having a display in the showroom with these uh, dummy versions of these wall boxes on them so that people could uh, see what they were getting. But we looked at that and we thought, no, that's too expensive. It's not very pretty. And if they change the design of the wall box, then we've got to keep it up to date. So we thought that's not the way to go. We're going to use digital assets and we're going to put them through the silent salesman so that people can see what wall box they're getting in the context of a house and a person plugging it in. Uh, and we're going to do that very clearly and very bespoke for each market. So what's next for electric vehicles? Where do you see the industry moving? Well, I think we're very much approaching the tipping point um, in that a lot of manufacturers have said that in the next three or four years, all of their vehicle lines will have a plug-in option, whether that be a plug-in hybrid or, or a battery electric vehicle. Uh, I honestly, I, I would stick my neck out and predict by 2025, we'll be past 50% of vehicles being sold with a plug-in capability. So this is coming, it's coming now. Uh, we're gonna see a big change. It's all very impressive and very exciting. So everything that you've kind of uh, expressed today just sort of outlines the complexities of electrification itself. What I think has been really powerful is, uh, again, uh, coming back to how uh, you had a strategy up front of what electrification means and actually how you were going to push that across the organisation and upskill everyone. And then enabling Leo to come in and actually support side by side in terms of actually implementing that strategy. So for you, I guess, what, what does success look like in terms of electrification across the organisation? So what, would, what does success look like to you? Well, success very much looks like we have an electric car that's a, that, that is selling well, uh, that has a demand that, that is greater than our ability to supply it, which is always good for residual values. Uh, and we have a bunch of happy customers who are the right people to drive an electric car um, and who are getting what they expected out of it and who have been treated well and given the right information at the right time to enable their journey into an electric vehicle. Uh, that's what success looks like. Whether we'll get there, we'll, we'll, we'll see, won't we? Yeah, definitely. But you've definitely set the uh, foundations for success. Well, we um, hope so. You've got to have a strategy. I, I think there was a, a German military strategist whose name escapes me who once said that no battle plan survives contact with the enemy. But if you don't have a plan, then nobody knows what they're doing and there's nothing to variance it off. So we've had a plan. We're trying to implement it. We keep modifying it when it needs to. We give our uh, local markets... Uh, tactical freedom to be able to uh, do what they want militarily to use the to carry on the example uh, and uh, we hope we're going to get it right. Well we very much look forward to continuing our journey with electrification. We're now sort of supporting with the product launch of the iPACE which is very exciting for us and obviously continuing the education across the retail across the retail network as well as the digital silent salesman for the customers. So thank you so much for your time. It's been really really insightful and um, yeah uh, fingers crossed we continue with our strong partnership. You've been listening to the Leo Learning Podcast, helping global organisations move learning to the heart of business strategy. 
For more on this subject, don't miss the Leo ebook, Thriving in Times of Uncertainty, Driving Automotive Industry Learning Forward. Available as a free download on the resources section of leolearning.com.